De'Aaron Fox is one of six players averaging 30 or more points per game. Doing so on a team that is firmly in the playoff picture, six games above 500, 26 games into the season. And yet, De'Aaron is the only one of those players not on anybody's MVP radar and not in the conversation altogether. Why? Is it a Sacramento bias or does it go deeper than that? To help address this, discuss it in great detail, ESPN 1320's Damian Barling from D'Lo and KC joins me right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. And yeah, the Kings got their butts kicked by the Boston Celtics last night, right? As much as... I talked about it in that podcast. If you want to go listen to it and check it out, as much as the Kings need to learn from that loss to a great team and need to respond to that, we're moving on because that game does not take away from the season that the Kings are having. And that game certainly does not take away from the season that De'Aaron Fox is having. His scoring is through the roof. One of the best scorers in the league. His three-point shooting has uh, has established itself as not necessarily elite, but good enough for Fox to be considered a three-level scoring threat. And yet, you go to the NBA MVP Ladders, and I'm not just talking about by these different publications with journalists who are just out there to to give their opinion and, and, and generate clicks. I'm talking about the MVP ladder on NBA.com, which has 10 players. De'Aaron Fox is not on that ladder. Why? What is Fox doing or not doing that is keeping him out of that conversation? I'm not saying De'Aaron deserves to be at the top. I'm not saying De'Aaron deserves to win the MVP, but why is he not in the conversation when he's doing the things that those other MVP candidates at this point in time are doing? Well, instead of me just ranting about that by myself for half an hour, I figured let's get Damian Barling in here. D'Lo is, is of course, well-connected in Sacramento Kings uh, uh, culture here in, in, in Sacramento, talks Kings every single day. He's a big fan and big supporter of De'Aaron Fox, not afraid to criticize Fox when he needs to, but also someone who is very good at advocating for the attention that a player deserves and is not getting. So without any further ado, please welcome my friend Damian Barling here to the Locked on Kings podcast. Well, the Boston Celtics don't don't give a damn about your podcast plans because on a day where you're planning on having a good positive conversation about De'Aaron Fox, the Celtics are like, yeah, but we're going to kick the Kings ass beforehand. So here we are. We'll acknowledge it. Kings lost bad to the Celtics last night. If you want conversation about uh, that bad Kings loss, you can go ahead and head over to last night's Locked on Kings podcast or tune in to D'Lo and KC today. I'm sure they'll talk about it uh, in uh, in uh, 
uh, painstaking detail, painstaking detail. And that's Damian Barling from D'Lo and Casey joining me here on the Locked On Kings podcast. D'Lo, we're talking about De'Aaron Fox today, but really quick, if we want to touch on it, Kings Celtics last night. What are you taking away from a game like that? Yeah, I'm I'm struggling a little bit with this one. Um, it's I, like you, you you lose games. Like it's not that big of a deal, right? They're not going to go uh, seventy two and ten. They're going to lose more games. What's bothering me right now is the amount of double digit losses is really starting to add up, and the amount of twenty point losses is really starting to add up. Um, they lost by double digits 13 times last year. They've already lost by seven by double digits seven times this year. Um, they only have 10 losses on the season. So that that's bothering me a little bit. Um, they just got roughed up by a better team. Like this isn't the Pelicans. This isn't the Rockets. It's it's the Boston Celtics. You know, you hope that you could put up a, a better fight against a team like that. But uh, I thought it started it it, it started well. I, I actually was okay with the fact they were in a shootout. I was like, this is this is it's all right. They're on a second night of a back to back. If this is how the Kings are playing, they should be fine. The fact is, Boston is good in shootouts, and it was the Celtics that made an adjustment at halftime versus the Kings making any sort of adjustment at halftime, which is something they have been great at over this last stretch of basketball. So uh, all in all, a, a, a frustrating night at the Golden One Center for sure. For sure, We're going to have a, a largely positive conversation about De'Aaron Fox because one game last night doesn't change how he should be viewed around the league, how he's playing. But you talk about things that are bothering you last night. Does Did it bother you at all, De'Aaron's second half compared to his unbelievable first half that he had 26 points in the first half, just three points in the second half, although he only played like seven minutes, 48 seconds in the second half. Yeah, it it did. Um, but I'll credit Boston for that. Like they they saw what was going on. They made some adjustments and they took Fox out of the game. And the seven minutes really just boiled down to the fact that by the time the third quarter was over, they were getting blown out. Um, I think the number, I think it was 26 points they were outscored by in the second and third quarter combined. So headed into the fourth, unfortunately, it, it didn't really matter. There was no need to put De'Aaron out there, especially when you have the schedule that they have right now with the games behind them and the amount of mileage he's put on his body there and the fact that you've got some really, really tough games coming up on Friday and Saturday. So I, I don't I don't put too much stock into that. Again, I'll, I mean, I'll put stock into it, but it'll be the Boston Celtics stock. Like, I'll give them credit for taking De'Aaron Fox out of the game. And unfortunately, it was just one of those nights. You go back to the to the win, I think it was against the Wizards. That was a real starter-heavy game. You saw great performances from De'Aaron and Domas. You saw a nice performance from, from Harrison Barnes. You know, Keegan, it continued that great stretch. This was one where it was like Fox was just white hot to start the game. And no one really got into a flow. From there like Domas put up a double double but it was a double double that didn't like it didn't matter it, he, like he had one against the Pelicans so it didn't matter he had one against the Clippers like it didn't matter no one was able to follow suit with De'Aaron Fox on this one so um, I'll credit the Boston Celtics more than I'll uh, be frustrated with De'Aaron well even with just a three-point second half De'Aaron still led the game in scoring with 29 points 
He's averaging 30 points per game, D'Lo. He's shooting 40% from three-point range. His numbers are almost up across the board. His assists are on par with uh, with how he is for his career at, at 6.2 a game. His rebounds are up to 4.4 a game. He's putting up numbers, especially scoring, on the level with the top players in this league that are universally considered as MVP candidates and superstars. So let's get to the question. Why is De'Aaron Fox not amongst those list of players despite doing on a good team what those players are doing? Maybe not at a Jokic level or a Joel Embiid level and credit to them. Those are the top two for a reason. Their numbers are absolutely ridiculous. I'm not saying Fox should be on the same level as them, but Fox scoring wise is amongst that group. He's averaging more points per game than Nikola Jokic. Why is he not at least mentioned on these lists? Well, there's 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 tiers, right? And I think the one everyone will quickly point to is the NBA MVP ladder, where they had 10 selections and De'Aaron wasn't in it. Uh, it was particularly insulting that like Tyrese Halliburton was in it. And it's like, wait a minute, why? why? He's leading the league in assists. Like, that's fantastic. There was one 30-point score in the entire league that wasn't on that list. One 30-point score in the NBA that wasn't ranked in the top 10 of of potential MVPs. And it was De'Aaron Fox. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's Sacramento. I don't know if it's the West Coast. I don't know if it's that people don't buy Sacramento, but you can buy the 76ers. You can, or, you know, Joel's numbers are so insane. It, 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 like, it doesn't matter if you buy the 76ers or not. I don't know if it's that that, that that you buy the Denver Nuggets to get past all of these struggles or you blame it on the early absences of Jamal Murray. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I thought, honestly, and, and I, this is my fault, I thought we had passed this. I thought what he did last year largely ignored. Okay, I got it. It's Sacramento, first year, whatever. What he did on the, in the playoffs against the Warriors in a series that everyone was watching, that's where I thought it was different. That's where I thought it was different because that's what happened with John Morant. Mm-hmm. John Morant had a really, really good season. He got to the playoffs for the first time and went nuts. Mm-hmm. And he maintained that level of play in from, from, from his run in the playoffs the next year, and he was a made man. And I thought if Fox comes out strong this year, he's a made man. He... He's he's bordering on that status because of what he did against the Warriors. But if he starts the season and everyone sees, oh, this 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 dude is it. He's good. And he did. And they didn't like no one followed suit. And I wish, Matt, that I had the answer because I, I just genuinely don't know. We've gone back and forth between it being a Sacramento thing, being a Kings thing, being a people don't buy it type thing. If you're watching De'Aaron Fox, and as we know from very, very recent tweets, most people aren't watching the Sacramento Kings still, uh, despite the fact they're in, they have an increased presence on, 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 on national television. Unfortunately, last night's game was a sort of nationally televised game, so a lot of people were watching it. A lot of those East Coast nerds that write about the league, they were watching it, and they had something to say about the Sacramento Kings and about De'Aaron Fox. But I don't know how you watch him play on a night-to-night basis and don't say he's one of the 10 best players in the league right now. 
Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for this week's eBay guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Five five names, Brandon Podzminski, Tari Eason, Grayson Allen, James Wiseman, and Malachi Bronham. We've talked about James Wiseman yesterday on yesterday's Long Time Kings podcast. So let's talk about Grayson Allen a little bit. A lot of these picks, these, these fringe uh, fantasy picks and additions that you can make to your team usually have their big games and big weeks benefiting from when their number is called because of certain situations. Well, that might be the case for Grayson Allen. Bradley Beal is out again for the Phoenix Suns, and Allen is going to be one of the guys expected to pick up a lot of those minutes and a nice overall increase in usage with the Phoenix Suns who are trying to fill that Bradley Beal hole. Of course, the expectation is that Durant and that uh, the, the Devin Booker and some of the other top Suns players will ultimately pick up the scoring load when it comes to Beal being out. But Grayson Allen is going to get more opportunity, more playing time, and have a chance to put up more numbers, which could, of course, be the difference in you winning or losing your week. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that championship teams are all about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only exclusions apply i think there's optics amongst and twitter's not a real place but of course that's where we 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 take in the majority of of commentary from around the league or at least around the country outside of sacramento but there's there's like an optics of sacramento that that oh like the the fan base is whining and complaining too much they're always making it sacramento versus everybody and, and we're the kings so we're disrespected and blah 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 but then we have instances and circumstances like this where it's the only thing that makes logical sense that you you're dismissing what De'Aaron Fox is doing because of the team that he plays for. And you can't like if, if no disrespect to like Tyrese Halberton and the Indiana Pacers, because they've been really fun so far this season. And Tyrese, like you said, is leading the league in assists and has had phenomenal games and led the Pacers all the way to the final of the in-season tournament, whatever, like give him all the flowers that you want to. He's on a worse team and he's scoring less. And we know that scoring is the most important part of any MVP or award conversation. If that wasn't the case, then Malik Monk would be at the top of everybody's six man of the year list, but he's not because there's other six men that are scoring more than he is. It's like scoring always matters. But now that De'Aaron is doing that because last season, De'Aaron wasn't scoring as much as he could have, uh, or, 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 and that held him back from an all-star conversation. That's why Damian Lillard got into the all-star game over De'Aaron last year, despite being on a terrible uh, Trailblazers team because Dame was scoring more than Fox. Well, here is Fox scoring now. He's doing that aspect, and now, oh, suddenly assists matter more in the Halliburton conversation, or, or, or overall stats matter more for these other guys. Meanwhile, De'Aaron's on a team, leading a team, 
that is once again firmly in the playoff conversation in the Western Conference, six games above 500 in the fifth place spot in the West. They've beaten teams like Denver, beaten teams like Minnesota, Oklahoma City twice, the Lakers twice, who, by the way, have two players on this MVP ladder. And if you were to take what the Kings are doing and put it in the Eastern Conference, they're tied for fourth. This is one of the best teams in the NBA with a star leading it, but they're not acknowledged as that. How is that anything other than Sacramento bias? Yeah, the goalposts keep moving for Sacramento. Because You brought up Indiana, and I've enjoyed watching Indiana for sure, but I also understand what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the big think piece about, hey, the Pacers, they score a lot of points. They don't play a lick of defense. Like, how many times has that squad given up 150 points? That's all you read about with Sacramento last year. It was, oh, yeah, they have the best offense in the league, but, yeah, they you know they they, they they get up and down the floor, and if their shot's falling, boy, are they dangerous. But I ain't seen that with Indiana. The goalposts change. The goalposts move. Oh, it, it, you, you can't be a great player on a bad team. And that's what De'Aaron Fox has been all of those years. That's why he didn't get that acknowledgement. Okay, now he's the best player on a on a really good team. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, but they still don't play defense. Oh, moving the goalpost again. You just talked about points, 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 points. Ah, uh, yeah, but look what Tyrese does in assist. Oh, we're we're moving the goalpost again. Devin Booker was on the MVP list, bro. What? How many games is Devin Booker? Mi- Devin Booker's missing games, and that team's like fourteen and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Goalposts keep moving. I I in in that's that's why it just keeps leading me back to the Sacramento thing. You don't buy it. You don't buy what you saw last year. Hell, you don't even buy what you saw in the playoffs. You 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 oh this this team they oh they might be a good regular season team, but they're not going to win in the playoffs. So Sacramento is the first professional franchise in history that is expected to go from missing the playoffs an ungodly number of years, 16 to be exact make the playoffs, and then immediately become championship contenders. No other franchise has been asked to do that in history. Now, Phoenix did it, but they weren't asked to do it. Like, they they weren't graded on whether they made the finals. Phoenix's turnaround was phenomenal. Phoenix's turnaround was one of one. They had missed the playoffs for nine straight years. They were able to, I think it was nine, something like that. They were able to acquire uh, Chris Paul. They were able to take a massive leap as a team. They were able to build off of off of their time in the in the bubble in Orlando. They were able to build off of all of that. It was special. That's not that's how we're that's how our that's how we're grading teams now. It's 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 bizarre to me. And it's um hell, the Hawks didn't even get this much hate when they <laughs> when they they lucked into a conference finals appearance, this fell completely off, haven't really regrouped yet. I haven't heard the same vitriol towards them as I've heard towards Sacramento. And it is Sacramento versus everybody because everybody else is a dumbass. I'm convinced of that. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is yeah, that You have to. I don't know if I'm allowed to say dumbass. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's not, it's not going anywhere. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is fourth on the NBA.com MVP ladder. Mm-hmm. I think he absolutely belongs there. Like, I, I think Shea is incredible to a guard. Yeah. Coming off of a all uh, or all NBA first team season last year. He's a superstar, absolutely leading an exciting Oklahoma City Thunder team, which the Sacramento Kings have beaten twice and have 
Uh, they don't have as good of a record as, but they've beaten him twice. Again, matchups, it do, that doesn't mean that De'Aaron's better than Shea, but, I mean, head-to-head is is also important. But Shea has these unbelievable numbers, and he's put up massive games. Got a couple 43-point games, a couple 40-point games, plenty of games in the 30s. You look at De'Aaron Fox, not as many 40-point games, but he's got a 43, a 41, a 40, a 39, a 37. I bring Shea up to say Shea clearly belongs, and he's doing it on both ends. De'Aaron Fox is not a direct one-to-one comparison necessarily because the numbers for Shea are slightly better and he has slightly more 40-point scoring games on a slightly better team. But we're talking about a marginal, marginal difference for two virtually identical guards playing at a superstar level. Why is one four and one is not in the top 10? So I think I think I actually have the answer to that. And there's probably a couple of different things. I'll start with the more like intricate one. And that's the fact Shea is and has been regarded as one of the best two way guards in the entire league. Like he and he he may he may, you know, with with with, uh, you know, the big dogs, Clay and Kawhi and Paul George at different stages of their career, all still still very good at those positions, more wing positions and guard positions. But that's fine. Very, very still, you know. Good two-way guys, especially like Kawhi and Paul George. Shea may sit at the very, very top of that list. And he's long been recognized for what he can do on the defensive end. De'Aaron, De'Aaron is starting to come into his own defensively. And that hasn't quite gotten recognized outside of people like you and I who cover this team on a daily and this amazing fan base that consumes King's content on a daily. They recognize the leaps and bounds that De'Aaron has 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 taken as a two-way guard in this league to where now he's in the conversation with Shea Gildress Alexander. Shea might be the best two-way guard because of what he can do on the defensive end for sure. Like, but De'Aaron is in that conversation. And I, I don't think people have recognized that because it's not on their house of highlights reel. It doesn't get pushed out. De'Aaron's, you know, lockdown defense in the final minutes, unless it results in a highlight block shot or a steal and breakaway dunk, it's not going to make the, you know, the 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 algorithm, right? But a game-winning shot will. 43 versus 41 with Shea uh, in, in Oklahoma City. That makes a list. What he did on the defensive end, what he continues to do on the defensive end, that doesn't, that doesn't have the same sexiness that offensive numbers have. And you actually have to watch Sacramento to understand De'Aaron is regularly guarding the opponent's best player on a night-to-night basis. The other thing is, and this is really what I think the biggest, this is what I think the biggest difference is not only between Shea and De'Aaron in the way that they're covered, but De'Aaron and a lot of other guys, is Shea was kind of preordained, right? You go back to the, you go back to the Clippers trade, you go back to the Kawhi and Paul George stuff, and you know. Doc talking about how he was agonizing over Shea Gildress Alexander and he did not want to trade Shea Gildress Alexander. He was an incredible young star. He was this, he was that. And to Doc's you know, credit, Shea is everything Doc said that he was, right? But everyone was aware of him at that time. Going to Oklahoma City and losing or going to Oklahoma City, again, you talk about moving goalposts, going to Oklahoma City and putting up amazing numbers. It was okay for Shea. Because everybody knew where Oklahoma City was at. The great Sam Presti had them in this ultimate rebuild mode with there's nothing basketball nerds love more 
than draft capital. <laughs> oh, and he's got draft capital. He is the Morgan Stanley investment firm of draft capital. Like he, he's got it all. So Shea kind of got, he, 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 he was preordained in, in, in the Clippers saga and he was given a pass because everybody understood what Oklahoma City was when he went to Oklahoma City and that team just, he was phenomenal, but the team wasn't very good. With De'Aaron, De'Aaron was drafted by a historically bad franchise. He was the latest guy who had to come in and turn things around. He was the latest savior of the franchise. And even during De'Aaron's run with Sacramento, there were missteps, there were firings, there were Vlades and Jaegers and Alvins and Lukes and Joe Dumart. Like there was just nonsense after nonsense after nonsense after nonsense. And it was just the latest. Well, we don't really need to pay attention to Sacramento. We don't really need to pay. The Aaron's whatever. He's a player on a bad team. That's all it is. And the turnaround happening with, you know, Domas getting traded you know Domas uh being traded to to, to Sacramento um Monty McNair bringing in Mike Brown and the extraordinary steps that he's taken Monty McNair has taken since becoming the general manager of the Sacramento Kings like remember like the Domas trade was ripped because somehow everyone loved Tyrese Halliburton which I still think is the most baffling part about all of this everyone had this tremendous take on Tyrese Halliburton despite the fact he was on Sacramento. Y'all didn't feel the same way about De'Aaron Fox, despite the fact he was regularly putting up 20-plus a night and doing all of these different things. But for some reason, you were really engaged with Tyrese a year and some change into his career. But he took that extraordinary step to do that, right? He went and hired Mike Brown, who they said was a retread and was boring. And why didn't you take a chance on Will Hardy? Why didn't you take a chance on a younger coach? This is just Sacramento being Sacramento. How stupid, how stupid. And okay, now they're the highest, you know, the, 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 this incredible offense. Yeah, but they're not playing defense. And Mike and, and Monty just continued. That's all right. That's all right. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to get guys who can do some of the different things that we need. I'm going to go get Kevin Herter and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to feed into this offensive thing. I'm going to go, I'm going to get Malik Monk. I'm going to feed into this offensive thing and I'll find guys like JaVale McGee. Oh, I missed your favorite one. The fourth pick in the draft. It was a four-person draft, and Jaden Ivey was the fourth person, and Sacramento said, cool, I'm going to take Keegan Murray because he does what we want him to do. Monty was killed for it, and it's worked at every at every step. And I love that Monty just kind of leans into this. Like, I know what we are. I know what we're good at. I know what we're bad at, but I trust my players to be great. I trust my players to take that step. De'Aaron is taking a step, largely ignored. Domas, even better than he was last year. I said, I'll go from largely ignored to completely ignored. And the thing that's just now starting to get recognition is how good Keegan Murray is. But it was the 47 the other night that got people's attention and not the fact that he has become the Sacramento Kings' best defensive player.
Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Game Time. This is the app that you should be using to buy your Kings tickets, your basketball tickets, football tickets, any event, sporting event, comedy show, theatrical production, concert, whatever it is, Game Time has it. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchases. You can see the view from your seat, regardless of where the game is or where the event is at. So you know exactly uh, what to expect when you arrive and get in your seat. All the prices that are shown when you purchase the tickets are the total upfront. So you know, you're getting a great deal without all those hidden fees that those other uh, marketplaces like to add on. And you can also buy tickets in seconds with two taps. In fact, game time almost encourages you to buy tickets at the last minute because they have incredible flash deals uh, that can get you tickets for 20, 30, sometimes 40% off. I bought tickets through game time to uh, so my wife and my uh, sister-in-law could go and watch the Kings and Wizards on Monday night. I ended up getting them front row of the upper bowl tickets for like 30, 40 dollars less or something like that than what they normally go for that's just an example of the deals that you can get on game time take the guesswork out of buying tickets download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again go to gametime.com make an account uh, redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed I'm going to squeeze a couple more things about Fox here, kind of into one question here to wrap up, D'Lo. You talk about preordained. I remember the commentary around De'Aaron Fox when Sacramento drafted him was unbelievable uh, talent, unbelievable speed, fun at Kentucky. He's never going to be a superstar if he can't shoot. Can you lead a team as a point guard in the NBA without being able to shoot? Well, here's De'Aaron Fox not only shooting 40% from three-point range, he's doing so on eight attempts Per game, he's increased his three-point attempts by three in one season, which is astronomical for any player who quote-unquote can't shoot. He's a legitimate three-level scoring threat at this point, making him virtually unguardable. He's checked that box that a lot of people were concerned he wouldn't be able to check for a star. Doesn't get the recognition for it. Number one. The other thing is D'Lo. I'm wondering, and I'm not saying this is De'Aaron Fox's fault at all, but I'm wondering, and I think this is stupid if this is the case, but De'Aaron didn't play ball with the media. And what I mean by that is not only did he make an all-star game and then not score and was just kind of like, eh, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the recognition, but I'm worried about the second half of the season. We got, we got the playoffs to make. Not only that, De'Aaron is part of Team USA and has a chance with Team USA, but leaves Team USA to focus on the on the season. He, he gets that experience, then pulls out, and he has that rocky relationship that he has now with Team USA. So I genuinely wonder if De'Aaron is treated the way that he's treated because he hasn't played ball as well as some other stars have with Team USA, with the media, with all-stars, with De'Aaron's clearly a family guy here in Sacramento who likes to stay quiet except when he's on the floor. Like, I just wonder if, if De'Aaron's not putting on the show that some of these people need despite his game to enable him or, 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 or to enlighten him or exalt him as this superstar like these other guys are. Yeah. There's a 
a lot of validity to that. You don't have to look much further than like Hall of Fame inductions. You don't have to look much further than, you know, uh, all star recognition from like media. There's a and and we're members of the media, so I, I, I won't exclude us, though. I don't think it's true towards us. I, w- I won't exclude us. And if someone can say otherwise that we that we are a part of this and I'll, I'll, I'll take that blow to the chin. But there's a self-importance that media people have in the influence that they think they have in these young men's careers like you you're you're spot on like De'Aaron they like media people like the oh I'm just I'm so happy to be here it was my dream to play professional basketball and De'Aaron's more of the I busted my ass to get here and I'm I'm that dude Mm. and if I don't want to play USA basketball if I don't want to if I don't uh, you know they 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 call me out because remember that whole scenario they called me out for a week-long commitment and then they were like, hey, we want to fly you over here. This one-week commitment could actually become a six-week commitment. And the fact that De'Aaron goes, yeah, nah, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't have an issue with that. At the time, like, I absolutely wished he could be there. But I also understand how USA basketball works. You talk about a rocky relationship. You decline them once, you're pretty much done. Hmm. Like, if, and, and, and I'm not talking about a LeBron declining to go to USA or a Steph declining to go to, not USA, uh, the World Championships. I'm talking about like, yeah, I don't want to be a part of this training camp. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go try out in China in hopes that I can be gone away from my family for the next four weeks. And I, I don't have an issue with him, him doing that. They don't take kindly to that. And it's tough to get back in. Like once you're out, you pretty much can't get back in uh, with them. And the fact that De'Aaron doesn't do a million interviews, the fact that he doesn't go on every single publications podcast. Yeah. I think there's a lot of validity to the fact that he doesn't play ball, so to speak. Like I remember, I think, I think he did all the smoke mm-hmm. with Matt and stack. And that's kind of all I remember. I'm sure he's done more, but you know, I'm not taking a shot at anybody. There are people who do podcasts like monthly mm. or, or very, very regularly, which is great, right? That's great for them. And I think that has a that 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 has a lot to do with people's perception of De'Aaron for sure. Well, we appreciate what we have here in De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. And and I'd say it's only a matter of time before people do finally start paying attention, but short of just becoming a a, a ball hog that puts 30 shots up a night and and becomes very different from who Fox clearly is on the floor. I don't know what more Fox can be doing to get people's attention. At some point, it's on the people to give you that attention and to and to, to to give the courtesy to pay attention and to care. And De'Aaron's doing his part, and the rest of the league clearly isn't. So maybe it, it'll take winning a playoff series. Maybe it'll take deeper into the playoffs, literally forcing eyeballs on you and there's no other games to watch. No idea. But Fox is doing it when it matters. We recognize it here. And what's most important is is Monty McNair and the Kings organization recognizes it too. And even if people want to take, like Andre Iguodala wants to take the out of context of Fox declining that two year oh extension, God. we we know what's going on with Fox going forward, and and it won't surprise me at all when Fox gets his bag that he deserves and that was to word. stay here in Sacramento. I was so disappointed in Iguodala for that. Like, bro, you're the head of the players' union. Like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> You completely like, like they they picked De'Aaron over Tyrese and Tyrese turned down the extension. Oh, or or De'Aaron turned down the extension. That was awful, man. That was that was so bad. Well, and you you know, Casey asked me something similar to what you just said. Like, what would it take for him to get recognition? I honestly got think they have to be in the finals, and they might actually have to win 
for anyone to care. <laughs> Maybe. It sounds extreme, but think about like the Dallas Mavericks. Think about the Atlanta Hawks. Like they've gone to conference finals and lost. Dallas is different. I think they, I think people still talk about Dallas because of the Luka factor. And Luka, we didn't mention him earlier. He's having a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was just kind of like everyone kind of recognizes, yeah, that was that was a fluke. Right. It wasn't real. They'll Sacramento loses in seven. LeBron beats him at the buzzer. Shea beats him at the buzzer. Jokic beats him at the oh yeah, this team's a fraud. Mm. They're a fraud. They 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 probably have to go to the final. They might have to win in four to get anyone's <laughs> attention. Well, I mean, I, I think Fox has removed all shadow of a doubt of he can be that dude to actually make that happen. So now I guess it just has to happen. D'Lo, appreciate you making time before your show here uh, on a uh, on, on a Thursday. Appreciate you, my man. Go and check out D'Lo and KC ESPN 1320 Monday through Friday. Uh, they're on for four hours. They're talking Kings. They're talking 49ers. They're talking all things sports. So check them out. And we'll have you back on Locked on Kings, of course, D'Lo, in the, in the very near future. Appreciate you, my guy. Look forward to it, my friend. Shout out again to D'Lo for making time here to appear on the Locked on Kings podcast. Now we want to hear from you. Is there something that you think De'Aaron is still not doing or is doing that is keeping him off this MVP ladder? Are there names on the ladder that you think De'Aaron deserves to be on uh, instead of others? Or do you think where Fox is and, and how he's talked about or really not talked about is fair. Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. And of course, you can leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Appreciate your support here of the Lockdown Kings podcast. As always, can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Lockdown Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.